I V M. Welcome to All Things Policy, a daily podcast supported by Pragati, a flagship media initiative of the Takshashila Institution. We're a bunch of policy nerds based in Bengaluru, and we like to bring a fresh perspective to Indian affairs and an Indian perspective to global affairs. So grab a cup of coffee, sit back, and join us for today's chat. Hi, I'm Sarthak, and I welcome you to one more episode of All Things Policy. In this episode, we are going to talk about women's representation in politics in India. For this episode, I have with me my colleague Suman. Suman manages Takshila's graduate certificate in public policy program. Hi, Suman. Welcome to All Things Policy. Hi, Sarthak. Great to be here to discuss this very exciting and interesting topic. Yeah. So, Suman, uh, before we start, why don't you make the announcement that you had for the DCPP program? Yeah, as most of you know, Takshashila is a public policy research organization as well as an educational institute. We run short-term courses for working professionals. Next cohort for the graduate certificate public policy program begins on 7th May. We have opened applications. The last date for application is 30th April. So I request everyone who is interested in public affairs, anybody who wants to make better sense of the world around you to go ahead and apply for this course you will find details of this course on school.takshila.org.in so go ahead and apply with that we can begin this episode yeah thanks uh, suman so before we go into the nitty gritties of women's representation of politics in india i just wanted to give you a broad overview at how women's representation in politics is there in different parts of the world and how it is in india now uh, if you look at the global data women are less represented in politics it's not only with india world over it is it is the trend and uh, women comprise less than 25% of legislators across the world and if you look at india again the number of legislators in the state legislative assemblies or the parliament it is even less than 25% right the number is 7% 14% so which is less than 25% but there is one interesting thing at the lower levels right at the level of panchayati raj institutions at the level of uh, the municipalities here we have a larger representation of women and again it's primarily due to the reservation policies that we have so if you look at the absolute number we have around 1.3 million indian women who are elected representatives in the government but yeah, i mean that also is less as compared to the male representation Right, so this is how the numbers look like. So, Suman, would you like to delve uh, deeper into this? Yeah. When you uh, firstly on the data itself, uh, when you say worldwide twenty five percent, it's an average. We have to take into consideration that there will be wide variations between countries. So, the Nordic countries will have much higher representation, which is negated by, say, the Arabic or other countries which have. lower than i mean really abysmal levels of uh, representation in their parliaments right so entire thing averages out to 25% which is really bad considering that women are 50% of the population itself so i mean the question that we need to ask is i mean most politics most representation revolves around an identity revolves around some kind of a common idea that people people gravitate towards so but why is this formation of gender based political tribes difficult that is the basic question that 
is at the heart of representation of women in politics. Actually, Pranay had a note on that he had published. Also, he had it in yesterday's Anticipate the Unintended uh, Newsletter, where he talks of, I mean, where he's collected data about why political, you know, why organization around political, or around gender is difficult. So political tribes form when there is, when there is little interaction across tribes. This is not so for women. Women actually interact across ideologies, etc. They also interact with men as spouses, friends, brothers, etc. So it would be really difficult for us to get a vote based on gender alone. And therefore, parties or tribes that are constantly talking about gender will find it hard to get votes from women themselves. Because women are not one homogeneous block and women do not vote just based on gender. There are various other factors that women also will uh, vote. So the first part of it is kind of clear that gender by itself is not an issue people vote or people, at least till now, is not an issue that people vote for, right? But having women in politics, having representation of women across in at the highest levels down to the local government levels has huge advantages, which, I mean, I don't think we need to spell out so clearly, but to just make it a little more easy. Yeah. So but someone before going to that, there is one more thing as well, right? When we talk about status of women in politics, right? we have been talking about numbers and how different political formations can be there. And again, which indirectly will lead to greater numbers of women in uh, these political institutions. So this is at one level when we talk about representation. But then there is another thing, right? Even if you have more number of women in politics, there has to be yeah, one more thing that needs to be done, right? Yeah, uh, basically, the women who are there in politics, let's say, they should be able to raise the voices. They should be able to raise the it's demands the of- for yeah mm-hmm. issues of women, right? So that is also important because maybe there can be a scenario where women are there in politics, but they're not able to effectively raise voices or they're not able to meet the demands of women who are not part of politics. True. Yeah. And the way to do that, or I mean, while we see that reservation has helped in certain ways, we are not yet sure about how it has affected society in general. Yeah. That, yeah. Yeah. So the need for women in politics is very clear because women bring their own points of view and the issues, you know, the issues related to women or the issues related or the issues affecting women get sorted or get heard, first of all, only when there are more women. And solutions to that also will come about only when you include the important stakeholders to that conversation. Exactly. So here again, right, there can be different kind of effects, right? One is the thing that we mentioned just now that women are underrepresented and the number of women in politics is less, right? So if you have policies by which maybe there is greater number of women in politics, it can lead to multiple effects. Right? One is acceleration effect. That means if you have more women in politics because of some uh, state intervention, right? let's say reservation, but even after the reservation is removed, there is a possibility that, again, these women who got elected for the first term, they can get elected again. right? So it, it is getting accelerated. Uh, so without any state support also, they might, yeah, yeah, they might get elected, they might become part of politics. And this is something which has been observed in 
different state assembly elections in India, also the municipal elections in Mumbai. Apart from that, there is also a possibility of upward electoral progression, right? Maybe the candidates are contesting elections at a lower levels, right? Over a period of time, maybe they will move up the political hierarchy, so as to say. Also, all these things leads to a situation where the female citizens who are not part of the political process right now, they can also participate in the politics, right? They now have more role yeah. models, so as to say. Yeah, the yeah. role model effect is studied all over the world. There are multiple papers that talk about how represent, I mean, increasing representation of women does not just improve political prospects for that woman, but because women look to, you know, so because women politicians recruit more women grassroots activists, they increase political participation. Okay. So this particular thing I read in another paper by Sanusri Goel. I mean, they, they uh, just illuminate how descriptive representation advances equal participation and help to perpetuate this thing of participation by women in uh, politics or just public affairs. You, you may not be contesting mm-hmm. elections straight away. You may not be running for office, but participation of women in local affairs, in local public affairs increases as they see more women getting into politics. I think a lot of it has also got to do with the self-help groups in uh, in villages or whatever, because there is a band of women who you are talking, discussing with, and it makes yeah. it easier for women to participate in, in this. Yeah, also there is this, I mean, it also changes the societal norms, so as to say. I mean, there is again this perception. There was this, there were there are studies among rural communities in India, and there is a perception that women do not have or they lack capacity to be political leaders, or their capacity is not at par with that of male candidates. But when they have female elected officials, there is an exposure to female elected officials, and this can have the potential for these normative changes. And so the rural communities over there they realize that no, no, a female candidate is equally good if not better as compared to a male candidate. Yeah, yeah. Right, so again, this can lead to uh, greater political participation of female citizens later on. Right, so this is about the numbers. But apart from that, there are other changes also that can happen, right? The way policies are drafted, the way policies are implemented, there also you can have changes if you have more women in politics. Right, for example, there are studies which find out that if you have female chairperson of a local in the local assembly if you have female chairperson then gender issues and other different kinds of public services they are given higher priority women's property ownership property rights it i mean these things are taken care of or these things are given more attention to the number of claims filed regarding gender based violence it also increases and in india there have been studies which found out that the female state legislators they are usually more supportive of different female-friendly laws. At the Hindu laws, etc. that were there in the 1950s, 60s, they got support from female state legislators. And it is not just that. There is more investment in public services, right? Public health, public education, improved provision for water and roads. These are certain things which impact everyone. But if female MLAs are there, then there is more investment in these kind of things. Sure. But uh, what is also seen is that when female representatives bring up gender-specific issues, they face a lot of resistance. That is probably because their male counterparts see a threat to their monopoly or to their power, etc. Whereas provisioning of uh, public services is part of everybody's job, right? But 
when a woman brings up gender issues such as violence or any other such thing they find a lot of resistance you know to take up these issues on a larger scale and they are always asked to solve this in a out of the public eye mm. kind of informal uh, uh, settlement informal mechanisms settlements so that i think is a challenge or that is one of the consequences or unintended consequence i don't know if you should call it unintended consequences but this is one of the side effects or uh, thing of having women in uh, the the agenda or the objective of having women in all these public bodies was to bring up gender issues now if they are not allowed to do this then it kind of defeats uh, in some ways defeats the purpose of having them over there so that to me is a little disconcerting yeah so that's where we are Yeah so Suman this is an interesting point when you talk about the power dynamics and how if women politicians take up some of those things which upset the power hierarchy and there are pushbacks and again something related to it right so there are existing societal norms women are expected to be caretakers and if they are if the women politicians are fulfilling those kind of roles like when they are in power let's say they are trying to provide for health education and other kind of developmental activities usually there is not much pushback right so what is happening here is women's participation in politics is getting constrained to some extent right it's not that they are able to take up all the kinds of roles so as an independent individual they are facing different kinds of restrictions so it again it basically just, raises these questions yeah go ahead i just wanted to make a point over here in terms of yeah we are talking about women who after getting elected face these kind of challenges but if you step yeah. back and see even while they are contesting election or even while they are in the fray to you know either get elected or get nominated or anything uh, what has been found is that especially in the last round of the assembly elections i mean i found some notes on this and while women were nominated as candidates they lacked cadre support from men because mm-hmm. again even the cadre comes from that same societal norms that they mm. will not take orders from women so yeah women are facing challenges even in the process of getting elected so mm. it becomes that much more of a challenge to surmount when your own team is not willing to work with you because they see you as a woman and not up to the thing, up to uh, you know their level then it is one new challenge to surmount and again women yeah. are not part of uh, electoral campaign strategy so if i am contesting elections and i don't have a say in how mm. i will campaign or on my strategy on what i should do to be winning and it's dictated from the top or dictated by some other men i am bound to not understand or i'm bound to be on the weaker side of so these are some other challenges mm-hmm. that women face even before you know getting elected into once we have crossed mm. all of this and then make it to the elected body then there are different mm. set of challenges that we actually yeah. uh, you know go in fact getting elected is also a difficult thing because i mean there have been surveys like there was one survey in 2014 which found out that 60% of indian residents they reported that i mean they believed that men right. make better political leaders than women right so those kind of norms are also there people assume that women will not make good leaders so host of uh, challenges that women might face but now the question is how effective have all these policies been right as and again some of these things how effective have been the policies in ensuring women's participation right at present we have mostly the reservation at the local levels 
right? And all of some of these things we have already discussed: how power dynamics are at play and how are societal uh, norms constraining a women's action. Now, apart from this, if you look at the numbers as well, overall, right? Overall, women are less represented in political institutions. But if you look at those seats, right, where you do not have any reservation in local governments, right? Some seats are reserved while others are not. Here also, yeah, yeah. you will find very uh, less representation of women. Hardly 10% of the unreserved hmm. seats are won by women candidates. Right? It also points yeah. to the fact that there are multiple systemic challenges. And another way to look at it is, look at the representation of women in political parties maybe. Or yeah. representation of women in, let's say, the cabinet. Ah, leadership different leadership positions, positions within, a within, in, parties. within a party. Yeah. Within parties as well, right? Here also, women are usually less represented. And uh, not just politics, if you look at administration, bureaucracy, here also, again, the number of women is quite less, like less than yeah. one third of the so, IS officers will be women. Yeah, so if, I mean, these are places where you get potential future politicians from. So yeah. if your base itself is underrepresented, I don't see how you will get more uh, political, uh, you know, candidates from a thing, other than exactly. unless you go through dynastic or whatever, you know, family politics, etc. But our yeah. best bet is to get representatives from the administration, from, you know, these other um, political bodies. Yeah. And basically, there has not been a widespread cascading effect in all political spaces when it comes to representation of women. Also, one thing, uh, I mean, this is not about the reservation thing, so as to say, but it's more about... Uh, the policy design that we have, right? One of the unintended consequence of the policy design that we have in the sense that we have uh, representation of women through reservation. But again, this is for uh, I mean, a particular constituency will be reserved for a woman candidate for one term. And then there is a cycle over there. Now, this is how we have designed the policy. And one of the unintended consequences, let's say there is a constituency right now, which has not been reserved, but it will be reserved for a female candidate in the next term. So the Candidate who is not the candidate, the person who is right now holding that office, right, might not have enough incentives to work. And uh, in fact, that person will have enough incentives to work in such a way that he holds power the next term, right? And the next term he's not uh, going to be in power himself. Someone else is going to be in power. So it leads to, again, the resources being distributed in different ways. Maybe he will favor someone who is that dominant community over there or dominant person over there. So those kind of issues are also there. It's yeah, more about policy design policy rather design. than the, yeah. Yeah, the issue of things. Yeah, but I think the greater challenge for political parties, for everybody concerned, is how to make inclusion an election issue. I mean, currently you see, I mean, you, you probably see jobs, you will see economy in a broader sense, and your regular caste and religion combination as election issues. But is there a space for bringing inclusion as an election issue? I think, you know, there, I don't think we are there yet. I mean, we we saw it in the recent uh, UP elections, where the Congress party actually um, promised to field some 40% women. Yeah, but that as an issue or that by itself did not go anywhere. So does, I mean, when you... How do you make inclusion as an election issue? That is a question I think that we need to, uh, you know, think about. And you probably will get some answers on that. But as of now, it looks like it cannot be a standalone issue. It has to be melded with something else that 
Something. Yeah, multiple things are at play. How do you change norms? The prevalent norms that women possibly have less capacity in politics. How do you transform these kind of uh, norms that people have? How do you ensure that women come together and they demonstrate their power? How do you ensure that women act as an agent of change for okay. themselves and their constituents? Right. So those kind of things needs to be addressed. And on top of that, again, there are again different reports which talk about how. Uh, male members male family members they are the ones who are holding on to power through the female proxies. relatives right oh. so mm. yeah proxies and all right we need to have more data on that how the dynamics are working here so all these things needs to be uh, done uh, needs to be researched these needs to be studied further yeah one thing on this uh, family and proxy thing i have read some reports that say that yes maybe first generation there will be you know there will be an overbearing influence of the male member they call it the pati sarpanch phenomenon hmm. across yeah but if you look i mean there is enough data to show that if representation is combined with an enabling environment around your village or whatever your constituency such as self help groups or any other such kind of thing we see that participation of women and therefore the voice of women is better than if you don't have if you have you know you don't have that enabling environment mm. and you're just putting a yeah. token uh, representation so i think when we are talking about representation we have to talk about the environment around that too and then mm-hmm. make you know our considered choices around yeah i think this is an interesting thought to end our discussion for the day yeah sure uh, interesting and there's a lot to be done there's a lot to be thought about i hope we have given the listeners some for the thought and they can come back to us with what they think about thanks sir yeah. thanks for having us sure thanks woman thanks to the audience for plugging in so we'll meet again in one more episode of all things policy if you liked our show don't forget to check out other interesting podcasts on the ivm network you can tune into them on the ivm podcast app ivmpodcast.com or wherever you listen to your podcasts You can also follow IVM on social media. The handle is at IVM Podcasts on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. And hey, if you'd like to dive into Takshashila's research on technology, strategy and economic affairs, check us out at our Twitter handle at takshashilainst or our website takshashila.org.in.